Me God. And uh, it's a series on relationships, community and connection. And last week we kicked off and we laid a foundation and we spoke about different types of people. Uh, you know, you've got your task-orientated people and you've got your people people. And, you know, if you get invited to a party, a task-orientated person wants to know, uh, well, what time is it? What time does it start? What time does it finish? Uh, where is it and what do I bring? A people person wants to know who's going, uh, what are we going to be doing, are we going to be having fun and don't necessarily rely on them to bring anything. <laughs> They'll just be chatting to everyone and eating all the food. Nah, I love people, people. Uh, but, you know, whether you're a task-orientated person or a people person, we all need relationship. You know, we were created in love and relationship for love and relationship and right from the very beginning out of the essence of who uh, God is the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit out of the Trinity out of the relationship that exists uh, within the Trinity the Father Son and the Holy Spirit uh, out of that overflow God created us in his image and so we were always created for love and relationship community and connection it cannot be any other way it's who we are it's us uh, it's how we're designed, it's in our core. You know, some people think and, and say, I'm okay uh, with just me and God. You know, but God said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. And when God said that to Adam, he was walking with God, he wasn't alone, he had God, but God still said it. Why? Because we need people. We need each other. We need community. We need relationship. We need connection. And we know that after the fall, we were separated from God, yet Jesus died and rose again to bring us back into relationship. <coughs> Excuse me. And so being a believer means being in reconciled relationship with God and with other people. And we talked about walls that some of us have, walls that we've uh, erected around our hearts, self-protecting walls to protect us from uh, further hurt and rejection and wounds. We've been wounded, we've been hurt, we've been rejected and we've erected these walls around our hearts and we've, in the process, pushed people out. But not only do we push people out, we push God out in the process, keeping us from uh, intimate relationship that God so desires to have with us. And not only does he desire to have that with us, we also desperately need it. We weren't created to live any other way. We were not created to live any other way. We all have a God-shaped hole within us that needs to be filled by him and only him. And so last week we spent some time making decisions to bring down those walls and I hope you've continued to keep them down this week and keep working on it. And so that's what we did last week. We spent time doing that. And so I really encourage you, if you missed the message, then jump online and have a listen and you do business with God and you spend time with God and bring down any walls that have been erected around your heart. And so some of us struggle with this issue of, of, of self-protecting walls, but for some of us we have the opposite issue. We jump headfirst into relationship without boundaries or very few boundaries at all. And we think it's love and relationship and we think we're walking in love and we think we're doing the right thing, and we think we're in God's will, and we think it's the way it's meant to be, 
yet it's creating issues for us. And we wonder why our relationships are not working, why it's so hard, why we feel ripped off, why we feel hurt, why we feel rejected, why our expectations are not getting met, why we have a string of broken relationships. And we have to come back to the topic of boundaries. You know, God was so very big on boundaries. And again, we see it within his nature, uh, within the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Each person within the Trinity had their own boundaries, their own functions, their own responsibilities. And because we are created in his image, we too have our own responsibilities, we have our own boundaries, we, we have our own functions, each and every single person. And we're required to operate within that. Genesis 1.28 says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God gave each of us responsibility and ownership. And right from the very beginning, uh, we see through creation uh, the boundaries that God put in place. <coughs> Sorry, I'm struggling this morning. <laughs> Pray for healing in Jesus' name. Right from the very beginning, we see this. And we see, you know, when he created the sky and when he created the ocean and when he created the dry ground, he put vaults between them. He put boundaries in place. In Genesis, uh, it says he put vaults between them. Psalm 74, 17 says, It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. When God was allocating land to his people, he was very specific in the allocation of the land. Deuteronomy 32.8 said, When the Most High gave uh, the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. And so this God of ours is a boundaries guy. He's a boundaries guy. In the Garden of Eden, he had no problem establishing boundaries. He told Adam, you can eat from any tree you like, except from this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was a very clear and distinct boundary. And we all know what happened when mankind overstepped and ignored this boundary uh, in the Garden of Eden. Probably the biggest boundary that we needed to uphold to as humanity. Uh, we overstepped that boundary. Well, God doesn't know what he's talking about. And it ended in a broken, separated relationship with our Heavenly Father. It ended in dysfunction and sin. And we see clearly here, right from the very beginning, how boundaries are so integral for healthy relationships. All throughout the Bible, we see God giving boundaries for protection, for blessing, uh, for abundant life, guidelines for advancement to enjoy healthy relationships. Uh, you know, when God gives us the gift of sex and puts boundaries around that, the boundary being only within marriage, not outside of marriage. The boundary being between a male and a female. It's for protection and blessing. It's for healthy relationship. He knows what he's talking about. Much the same as tithing. God sets the boundary. He says 10% of your income comes to me because I want your heart. And when we choose to operate outside of these boundaries, doing things on our own terms, we miss out on protection. We miss out on blessing. 
We miss out on advancement. We miss out on abundant life. We miss out on provision. Because God has established boundaries not to take from us or rip us off, but so we can live, live the good life in him. And so just as God is a boundaries guy, as people we need to be the same. Uh, you know, Jesus himself uh, often modelled boundaries in his relationship and ministry with people. He often withdrew from the demands of the people uh, to, to spend time uh, with God and to pray. That was a boundary that he had. He'd just take off. <laughs> you know, they wanted, you know, but he was like, I've got to go spend time. This is my boundary. I draw the line. I've got to go spend time. Because he knew where his strength came from. He never once gave in to the expectations or the manipulation of the Pharisees or the people. Instead, he continued to speak the truth and sometimes in a confrontational way. I mean, sometimes those Pharisees were deeply offended, weren't they? He wasn't a people pleaser. He wasn't an enabler. He knew who Sonny was and what he was called to. He understood his responsibilities, his function, why he was on this earth. He was good with boundaries. He modelled after the father he also understood other people's responsibilities and boundaries as well you know when he healed the man at the pool who had been disabled for 38 years Jesus first asked him the question uh, you know that story with the man at the pool and and he asked him uh, the question do you want to get well do you want to get well he understood the boundary he he knew he could heal him but did the man want to get well did the man want to take ownership? Did, did, did the man want to, to live a healed life? Did he want to be well? It's a good question. Because sometimes, you know, it's easier to stay the way you are. I mean, this guy had been like that for 38 years. It's easier. You know, uh, people get comfortable in their issues and their problems and, and their addictions. It becomes a part of their, their identity. It becomes a part of who they are. And so the question is, is, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? He knew the man had to take responsibility. The man had to take ownership. He had to want to get well. And later, Jesus saw him in the temple and said to him, now that you are well, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. You know, he said the same to the woman that got caught in adultery. He said, no one condemns you. There's no condemnation. They don't condemn you and I don't condemn you. He said, go now, but leave your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. You know, the truth in love, but with a boundary. These people had to take ownership. They had to take responsibility. Nobody could do it for them, not even Jesus. Did you catch that? No one could do it for them, not even Jesus. Jesus understood that people had to take ownership for themselves, that people had a responsibility for themselves. You know, having boundaries doesn't mean I don't love you. You know, in fact, it's quite the opposite. It's because I love you, I'm putting in this boundary. You know, God loved Adam, yet he still established a boundary. Any tree you want, except this one. But we had to go for that one, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, I guess we probably would have done the same. I mean, a lot of us are doing the same in the context of today, really. You know, when I first started dating Jacob, we had boundaries within our relationship because we wanted to do things God's way. 
We wanted to be obedient to God. We wanted the abundant life. We wanted the protection, the blessing within our marriage. We didn't want to do it the world's way. We wanted to do it God's way. And doing God things God's way requires boundaries. So, so important. You know, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. Sometimes we need to choose to spend less time with certain people as some relationships are toxic and unhealthy. It's a decision we have to make. Some relationships need very good boundaries. Do you have those relationships? They need very good boundaries and it's our job to establish those boundaries. We're in control of our own actions and, and our decisions. We have control over our relationships. It's not like it's like I, it's, I can't help it. We have control. We get to make decisions. Obviously, it gets a little bit harder if you're married to the person. But there's still boundaries you can put in place. I choose not to take on your responses. I choose not to take on your feelings. You know, there's still boundaries that you can have uh, within marriage. You can might not be able to distance yourself physically. You know, God doesn't force anyone to be in relationship with him. It's a free choice. We all have free will. <coughs> Establishing boundaries in, in toxic relationships brings freedom. It brings healing. It brings growth. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8 says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh... From the flesh will reap destruction and whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. The law of cause and effect is just a basic uh, law of life. It's a basic law. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. And so it's not God uh, punishing you or us. It's just the way things are. He's just telling it the way it is. Is is It's like gravity. It just is. And so every person sows and every person reaps. Uh, and depending on what you sow depends on what you reap. And uh, people who lack boundaries try to rescue others. And they do that by reaping the consequences of poor choices and bad behaviour that has been sown by someone else. Did you catch that? They do that by reaping the consequences of poor choices and bad behaviour that has been sown by someone else. And so they carry the consequences for that person. That person has sown something and they should be reaping something except somebody steps in and catches the consequences for them. And so they think that they're being a loving person and they think that they're helping that person and they think they're being kind and, and generous and being a good Christian and being patient and long-suffering because that's what the Bible says to do, right? They think they're being a good wife or a good husband or a good friend or, or a good parent, but when in fact they are enabling that person to continue on in their bad behaviour and poor choices. Uh, you know, when a person continually rescues an irresponsible person or a person that really doesn't want to get well, it's called codependency. And codependency is, is it's unhealthy relationship. It's not how God, God designed us to be. And codependent people struggle in the area of boundaries. And generally a codependent person has a, a heart of mercy, a heart of compassion. 
And that's not a bad thing. That's an awesome thing. But it can be detrimental if it's not exercised correctly with boundaries in place. When a codependent person establishes boundaries and stops interrupting the law of sowing and reaping in a person's life, it then forces that person who is doing all the sowing to also uh, do the reaping. So whatever they sow, they reap. And sometimes pain, unfortunately, is the greatest motivation to want to get well. You know, um, I've worked alongside Teen Challenge for many years and, and what we tell parents sometimes is that um, sometimes a person is not wanna gonna is isn't wanna doesn't want to get help. And Teen Challenge is drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Won't necessarily want to get help until they hit rock bottom. Sometimes I wish I had a lapel mark so I could use my hands. I'm Italian, you know. <laughs> I need to move and explain. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that until they hit rock bottom. But what parents do sometimes, and, and they think that they're helping, is they keep lowering the bottom. <laughs> so that the person never hits it. What we want to do, what we tell them to do is we say we, we need to bring up that bottom and that person's come and we want them to hit it, not because we don't love them, it sounds terrible, I know, but because we want them to experience the pain of their consequences which will force them to think, hey, maybe I should change my life. <laughs> maybe I should take some ownership and, and responsibility. This isn't working for me anymore and I can speak from experience, I've been that person and it wasn't until that happened to me that the pain was so great and the other option was death. Did I want to change and get help and turn my life around? Ephesians 4.24 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one bo body. You know, it's so important that we're honestly uh, communicating with each other in our relationships, which includes establishing boundaries. It includes establishing boundaries. You know, some of you are afraid to put a boundary in place because you're afraid of how that person will respond. But yet we can't be controlled by people's responses. We still need to do what is right. Loving them enough to say something, to communicate, to be authentic, to be honest. Some of you struggle to put boundaries in place because you're a people pleaser. And, um, you know, we all want to be liked. It's nice to be liked, isn't it? I want everyone to like me. I know that's not going to happen, <laughs> particularly when you're the pastor. <laughs> but we all like to be liked. And when we please people, they like us. And so it feels good. It fills your love tank, doesn't it? But it's... Is it about feeling good? Is it about filling your love tank? Or is it about doing what is right for a healthy relationship? What's going to be better in the long run? Filling your love tank, that immediate, that immediate sense of I feel good, this person likes me, or long term for a healthy relationship? The Bible says in Galatians 1.10, Am I... Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, we are first and foremost accountable to God. It has to come first. 
before people. We're accountable to God and what God's saying to us. And I just want to um, finish here, if that's all right, Chris. I know we're a little bit early. I mentioned earlier that we all have a God-shaped hole within us. And generally you'll find that people that that struggle uh, with boundaries in relationships, that struggle with codependency and rescuing people, uh, people that jump from relationship to relationship, it's not because they're bad people. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Beautiful souls just want to help people just have that heart of mercy and that's what God calls us to, right? It's not that they're bad people. It's not that you're a bad person if you struggle in this area. Yet you have a God-shaped hole that you're trying to fill with the love of people, with approval from others instead of the love of God. That's what it comes down to. You have that hole here that you're trying trying to fill trying to get from other people but first and foremost it has to come from God only God can fill that space within you and when you go to him and allow him to fill that space when you get your worth and your identity and your significance and your security directly from him when you understand who you are and why you're on this earth, what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for, according to God that is, because people will tell you. <laughs> people will tell you. But, but, it's, but it's you. You're responsible. You need to do this. It's because of you this happened. But you've got to get that from God. You've got to know what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for according to him, not to others. When you allow him to fill you with that agape love, that love that's never-ending, that reckless love that we sung about, what an amazing song. When you go to him and he fills that hole with that love, that's when we begin to have healthy relationships because out of the overflow of that, out of the overflow of this agape love that God gives you out of when your love tank is filled with God's love out of this overflow of worth and of identity found in him out of this overflow of uh, security and significance found in him it, it turns from being trying to meet a need within it turns from that because now God's met that need right so you're not trying to get that need met from anybody because you've got it met from him You've got your identity, you've got your worth, you've got your significance, you've got your security in Him. And so you're full, right? Full of God's love. Now ready, now you're ready. (laughs) Now you're ready to operate in healthy relationship. Now you're ready to minister. Now you're ready to help someone that may be in need without turning into codependency or rescuing or enabling because you're not trying to get a need met within you you're meeting someone else's need and you begin to experience much healthier relationships in your marriage in your workplace in your friendships in your dating 
Dating can be hard. You've got to get it right. You begin to make wiser decisions, establishing boundaries, doing things God's way, on His terms, living the abundant life. Amen. You know God's a gracious God. He's a good God. He's full of mercy. And His love never stops pouring out on us. And so this morning, I I just want, as we sing uh, this song, Reckless Love, I just want you to have a time with God. If you struggle with codependency or rescuing people, or if you know that there's a relationship where you need to put a boundary in place, you know, maybe it's a family member, but it's toxic and it's affecting your life, it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting uh, things within who you are. And maybe God's speaking to you this morning and you know you need to put that boundary in place. Maybe today's the day that you make the decision to do that. Ask God for his help. He wants to help. Ask him for courage. He wants to give you courage. Or maybe you've already begun this journey and you've been putting boundaries in place, but it's tough. The manipulation, the control, it's not easy. Ask for strength. Ask for courage. Ask him to give you everything that you need to continue on in the decisions that you've made. And so you can sit down or you can stand up. You can come up for prayer if you like. We're just going to spend some time with God and we're going to sing Reckless Love this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Lord God. We thank you that you love us with an unfailing love, Lord God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth, Lord God. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. I just pray for people that are here that need to put boundaries in place, Lord, that you give them wisdom, you give them courage. Today is the day that they make that decision, Lord. I pray for those that need to, that God-shaped hole within them, that they need to stop going to others for it to be filled, but they come to you this morning, Lord God, that they would get their worth, their identity, their security, their significance in you, Lord. Show them how much you love them, Lord God, that you can fill that need, that space within them, Lord, and out of the overflow, they can begin to walk in all that you have for them, Father. Let's sing this morning.